Welcome to Hallowed, Exploring the Lives of the Saints. Episode 26, The Work of Angels. I'm your host, Tom Thorne, and in this podcast, I'll be taking you on a journey through the lives, adventures, trials, and triumphs of the great heroes of the Christian faith. Today, we'll be talking about an artist whose works you've probably enjoyed, but who you may not know is a beatified son of the church. The Holy Friar and Renaissance Master, Blessed Fra Angelico. Before we begin today's episode, I'd like to make a special suggestion. Go ahead and open up the links in the show notes to some of Fra Angelico's paintings, and peruse them, as well as any others you find on your search as you listen. Since this is an episode about a great artist, I think you may get more out of it that way than if you're just listening to the audio. The visual aspect certainly helps. The artist we know as Fra Angelico was born Guido di Pietro around the year 1400 in the village of Vicchio, a comune, or small town, belonging to the Republic of Florence. We don't know very much about Guido's background, but as a young man, we know that he took up painting and made it his profession. This was a good line of work in 15th century Florence. Famously, that city was the center of the emerging Italian Renaissance, giving rise to such well-known artists as Michelangelo, Donatello, and Botticelli, to name only a handful. According to the father of art history, Giorgio Vasari, Guido was schooled in painting by the last great master of the Italian Gothic tradition, Lorenzo Monaco. Gothic painting, of course, was the artistic tradition of the Middle Ages. It was highly stylized, based often upon Byzantine iconography and other elements of medieval sacred arts. While the medieval Gothic tradition did not place the same emphasis on realism and humanism as the emerging style of the Italian Renaissance did, the Gothic artists were masters of color, lighting, and symbolism, along with so many other elements of European arts which would find their way into the style of Fra Angelico. From his Gothic mentor, Lorenzo Monaco, the young Guido may have learned the careful precision and the brilliant use of light that characterize his own work in later decades. But unlike most other painters of his day, Guido was not simply interested in chasing after fame and fortune in the bustling merchant republic of Florence. Guido felt called to the religious life. And so, in the early 1420s, he became a Dominican friar at the Priory of San Domenico, or St. Dominic, in Fiesole, 
a town northeast of Florence, not far from where he'd grown up. It was his religious calling, his acceptance as a Dominican brother, that gave him the nickname by which he's better known today, Fra Angelico, which is Italian for angelic brother. And that's what we'll be calling him for the rest of today's episode. Fra Angelico, as we can now call him, was drawn to the sincere piety of a group known as the Reformed Dominicans. These were Dominican friars who refused to live worldly lives and make compromises with corruption. Instead, they strove to live up to the original mission of the Order of Preachers, as it had been founded several hundred years earlier by St. Dominic. This stood in contrast to many of the more corrupt friars who were so often lambasted in this era by authors like Boccaccio and Chaucer, who often present the friars of their age as very lax in their morals, to put it politely. The Reformed Dominicans, like Fra Angelico, were of an altogether different cut. They did their very best to live up to the moral purity, the rigorous standards, and the calling of service in preaching the gospel, hearing confessions, and providing other sacraments to those who needed them most. In particular, Fra Angelico seems to have been inspired by Blessed Giovanni Dominici, a friar who had overcome his struggle with a speech impediment through the miraculous intervention of St. Catherine of Siena to become one of the great preachers and spiritual teachers of his age. Angelico was also influenced by St. Antonio Pierozzi, one of the fathers of modern moral theology and Catholic social thoughts, as well as Fra Angelico's personal friend. With fellow Dominican guides like these, Fra Angelico embarked on his journey of spiritual growth while he continued his work as a painter. His reputation for holiness grew, and in time, he became so well regarded that he was even offered the Archbishopric of Florence, a major office in the Italian Church, one which came attached to enormous wealth and worldly power. But Angelico turned it down, allowing his friend, the aforementioned Saint Antonino, to take up the position instead, where of course he excelled. Instead of pursuing a career in the church hierarchy, Fra Angelico devoted himself to his true calling, his sacred artwork, for the rest of his life. Now, the very fact that Angelico managed to produce such a prolific body of work, while also carrying out the duties of a friar, preaching sermons, teaching the faithful, offering the sacraments, saying mass, this would be no small achievement in itself. As you know, art requires a lot of time and a lot of efforts. It's not something that anyone can pick up willy-nilly in their free time. And yet, Fra Angelico wasn't just producing any old works of arts. He was producing some of the greatest arts in the whole Western canon. While there are many paintings I could choose to highlight, 
I'll pick a few from his time at Fiesole in the 1420s and 1430s as examples of the unique style of Fra Angelico, which so beautifully blends the medieval Gothic with the developing Renaissance. All of these paintings I mention are linked in the show notes, though as I said at the start of the episode, there are so many others you can look up and scroll through as you listen to this podcast. Because I'm not an art historian, I'm not going to try to give you some detailed description of these paintings or explain the inner meaning of each of them. It would just come off as pretentious, because honestly, I think that's best left to people who know what they're talking about. I can simply tell you why I like these paintings, why they speak to me, why I find them beautiful and encourage you to enjoy them for yourself. Our first example is the Deposition, painted sometime in the late 1430s for the Church of Santa Trinita, or Holy Trinity, in Florence itself. Interestingly enough, this painting was actually begun by Lorenzo Monaco, Fra Angelico's teacher, only to be finished by the angelic brother. The Deposition really shows one of the best aspects of Fra Angelico as a painter, at least in my own view. The fact that he blends so seamlessly, so apparently effortlessly, the older medieval Gothic style, with its focus on liturgy and prayer, and its practical use as an aid for contemplation, with the more realistic style being developed in the Italian Renaissance, emphasizing in its accuracy and detail the exquisite beauty of the human form, and indeed of all the created order. As you can see if you're looking at this painting, it's set within a gilded Gothic frame, crowned by three golden pinnacles, like the spires of cathedrals. This is a characteristically medieval piece of art, and yet the style within it, as I mentioned, and as you can see if you have it open in front of you, is as precise, as accurate, as realistic in its portrayal of the human body as you'll find in any of the great Renaissance masters. Fra Angelico's deposition also helps to answer a common objection, which I've heard leveled at Catholic arts from some of our Eastern Orthodox brothers and sisters, the criticism being that Western arts, unlike Eastern iconography, has moved away from its religious function, that it's become simply about creating pretty pictures to look at, rather than objects of devotion which bring us in to the worship of God, which are actively used in prayer and the liturgy. While I think this is a fair criticism of some of the later developments in Western arts, Fra Angelico's work, such as The Deposition, really shows us that this doesn't have to be the case, that the realism and splendid emphasis on beauty that is the hallmark of Renaissance painting is perfectly compatible with the practical, prayerful use of images to foster our connection to God. This was, after all, a piece for the sacristy of a church and the icons of the saints which flank the image of Christ himself being removed from the cross 
are meant to be conduits of prayer, even as the central image of Christ himself draws us in to the scene at Golgotha, helps us to imagine ourselves there, at the foot of the cross with our Lord, just after the moment of his death. It's not simply a beautiful painting. It's an active call to prayer. The second piece I'll highlight is slightly earlier, the Annunciation, painted in the early 1430s, although Fra Angelico would paint several more variations on this theme in his later years. In this painting, of course, we see the angel Gabriel announcing to Our Lady that she will bear Our Lord. What I enjoy most about this painting is how it highlights the vulnerability of the Mother of God at this most crucial moment in history. While Fra Angelico would paint other depictions of Our Lady reigning in splendor as the Queen of Heaven, which she is, at this crucial moment of the Annunciation, he offers a more humble and humane portrait of Our Lady as the teenage girl she was when she received the good news from Gabriel. He connects this image of the humble handmaid of the Lord with other scenes from scripture and tradition, which remind us of how very important her yes to God at this moment really was. For example, on the left of the painting, we can see Adam and Eve being chased in shame from the Garden of Eden, while at the bottom of the painting, underneath the words of the Ave Maria, are other scenes from her life such as the visitation with Elizabeth, the nativity, the presentation of the infant Jesus at the temple, and finally, the assumption of Our Lady on her deathbed into heaven. Here again we see the mingling of medieval and Renaissance styles, the brilliance of Gothic goldwork and color, joined with a new sense of perspective and the accuracy of the human form and its gestures and expressions that is so characteristic of the Renaissance. The final painting I'll highlight perhaps embodies this union of medieval and Renaissance styles more beautifully than any other. It is my personal favorites of Fra Angelico's paintings, The Coronation of the Virgin, painted in 1432. Here the dreamlike quality of brilliant shining gold and vibrant color so characteristic of Gothic and Byzantine art from the Middle Ages, can almost draw us into something of a trance as we gaze upon Our Lady being crowned Queen of Heaven by her Son, Our Lord. She is flanked not only by choirs of angels, but by the army of the saints, all gathering round their Queen to celebrate her glorious coronation. Here again, Fra Angelico perfectly blends the mystic with the realistic. His human figures are very believable. You can look into their eyes and see them as real figures. People with faces and expressions that you can relate to, drawing you into the scene, as if you yourself were there. And yet he manages to do this without detracting from the otherworldly sense of the painting the sense that you truly are being transported to heaven, as described in the book of Revelation, to see Our Lady crowned queen. 
That's enough amateur art history from me. I'll just mention one other painting from this period, and that's the Annalena altarpiece, also linked in the show notes. It's worth noting because it's one of the earliest, if not the very earliest, depiction of the Holy Family in Renaissance art. And yet, it also includes other figures worth mentioning to us, such as St. Peter Martyr of Verona, the Inquisitor, murdered by an assassin, whom you may remember from back in episode 9. Shifting back to our narrative, in 1439, Fra Angelico moved to the Dominican priory of San Marco, St. Mark, in Florence itself, where he came to master the arts of painting frescoes. When Angelico was not being commissioned to work on other churches, he decorated the cells of his own brothers at the monastery of San Marco to inspire them in their own spiritual lives. Think about that. Think about the hours and effort it would have taken to paint these incredible frescoes, which you can still see to this day. They are masterpieces in themselves, and yet Angelico made them with no expectation that anyone other than his own brothers at the monastery would ever see them. He did them with no expectation of winning fame and fortune, simply as an act of love, an act of generosity to his friends to help them in their prayer lives. After seven years in Florence, Angelico drew the attention of Pope Eugene IV, who summoned him to Rome in 1446 to decorate several churches. These included Old St. Peter's Basilica, which would be renovated in the following century, sadly leaving none of Angelico's work there intact, but giving us the splendid artwork of Michelangelo and others in its place as well as the Pope's private chapel in the Apostolic Palace, where some of Fra Angelico's paintings still survive. Around 1450, Angelico returned from Rome to the place where his spiritual journey had begun, the Dominican monastery of San Domenico at Fiesole, back in his own homeland, northeast of Florence. Here he was received as prior, and continued to paint throughout the final years of his life, producing, for example, a long series of miniatures of scenes from the life of Jesus Christ. At last, on a second visit to Rome in 1455, Fra Angelico passed away, at the same priory where he had served during his first stay in the Eternal City. He was buried at the Basilica of Santa Maria Sopra Minerva, which you can still visit in Rome. And after his death, his tomb became a place of pilgrimage, thanks to his well-attested holiness. He was finally beatified in 1982 by Pope St. John Paul II. Speaking of whom, I'd like to read to you a short excerpt from John Paul II's 1999 letter to artists, because I think it tells us a lot about what we can learn from men like Fra Angelico and apply to our own lives today. Quote, The knowledge conferred by faith is of a different kind. It presupposes a personal encounter with God in Jesus Christ. Yet this knowledge, too, can be enriched by artistic intuition. 
an eloquent example of aesthetic contemplation sublimated in faith, are, for example, the works of Fra Angelico. No less notable in this regard is the ecstatic Lauda, which St. Francis of Assisi twice repeats in the Cartula, which he composed after receiving the stigmata of Christ on the mountain of Laverna. You are beauty. You are beauty. St. Bonaventure comments, In things of beauty, he, St. Francis, contemplated the one who is supremely beautiful, and led by the footprints he found in creatures, he followed the beloved everywhere. End quote. Fra Angelico, in other words, like St. Francis, teaches us to praise God in beauty, reminding us that the glory of the Creator shines forth through all the created worlds. Benedicite omnia opera, Domini Domino, laudate et superexaltate eum in secula. All the works of the Lord bless the Lord. Rejoice and praise Him in the highest forever as my favorite canticle from the book of Daniel has it. Like Fra Angelico, we too can treat our own artistic endeavors, whether in painting, drawing, writing, poetry, music, architecture, athletics, or any other way of beautifying the world, as forms of prayer, in the service of the divine artist, who is beauty itself. Even if we ourselves do not have artistic inclinations, we can simply appreciate the artwork of others, again in the visual arts, in music, in writing, in physical achievements, and in so many other ways, and allow that appreciation of beauty to lead us into a deeper appreciation of the beauty which is God himself. Blessed Fra Angelico is commemorated on the 18th of February, the day of his death, in the Catholic Church. He is, of course, the patron of artists, and especially of Catholic artists, who use their sacred arts to give glory to God in the service of his church. As always, you'll find links to prayers and other resources, including, of course, the artwork of Fra Angelico, in the show notes. There you'll also find links to our Patreon. If you've enjoyed the show and you'd like to support us, please do consider clicking that link or simply giving us a good review on wherever you get your podcasts and telling your friends and family about the show. Any way you can help goes a very long way, and it's much appreciated. As a heads up before we go, the show will be on hiatus for the next few weeks as I'm traveling. But I'll get back to you in the second week of May. Looking forward to seeing you then. May Blessed Fra Angelico, Renaissance Master and Patron of Artists, come to our aid now and always for the greater glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is true beauty made flesh. Thanks for listening, and God bless.